all you beautiful creepsters. I'm Heather Tomoski from New York, and you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 42. And you just heard Heather Tomaski. And she killed it. I know. Her voice was so super clear. I mean, are we going to be out of a job? I think so. Thank you so much for that introduction. And if you want to introduce the episode just like she did, hop on over to patreon.com forward slash the APC podcast. Okay, let's just jump right in. This email is an update on the sinister sightings we had before about past lives. An update? Hell yes. Okay. Hey, babes. Ryan here. I sent you the requested update about the kids I nannied for creeping me out with their psychic talk and past life stories. To answer your first question, I actually didn't look up at the window since I have a history of also being very sensitive to seeing slash sensing ghosts and having psychic dreams, etc. And I really thought that if I looked up and saw a lady waving at us, I may have never been able to return to work again. And I didn't want that to happen since I really love those kiddos. Oh my God. Thank you for answering that because we definitely had that discussion. Yeah, because, okay, if y'all remember, nanny, kids, past life, psychic, saw the kids said that they saw this older lady standing in the window waving to them as they were leaving in the driveway. At the present, the twins, boy and girl, are now 10 years old, and when I asked the boy about the things he said as a three-year-old, he told me that he kind of remembers, but that he since has realized that ghosts and spooky stuff isn't really real, you know, he thinks he's too tough to think of all those kinds of things now. However, When he was telling me all of this, his twin sister chimed in to say something along the lines of, yeah, maybe ghosts aren't real and stuff, but what about how we talk to each other inside our minds? Wait, whoa, wait, what? Um, hold the phone. What the silent twins is going on here? (laughs) When she said that, I almost spit out the water I was drinking and then started to get even more freaked out when they showed me some examples of their telepathic talents. Basically, just looking at each other and saying what the other was thinking. It was so weird. After that, I'm just leaving it alone. Instead, we're sticking to playing Candyland and making homemade slime, lol. The thing is, I love all things paranormal, but it can be a lot when that kind of creepiness happens around you all of your life. Thank you, sweet ladies, for giving us sensitive types a safe place to share our experiences. Creep it real. Oh my gosh, Ryan, thank you so much for the update. But holy shit, they can talk to each other. Well, okay. With their minds. The only thing I have that's even remotely close to this is we have some friends that are triplets. And this story was kind of like passed down, not passed down, but you know what I mean. It's like two of them were in the same spot, like at the same house but one of the triplets was somewhere else but it said that they were both asleep and at like midnight they both like sat straight up at the same exact time and so we were like well did the third one do it i wonder but she wasn't there so i don't know that's crazy yeah that's the only thing i have even remotely close to this 
And I mean, they weren't talking to each other that we know of. Yeah. I wonder if the third one, if something happened to her at midnight and that's why they sat up. I don't know. Twins are freaky. But so fascinating. Oh, for sure. Like the psychological studies with twins and like ones that have been like separated at birth and never even knew they were a twin. And like, there's like, um, what are they? They were twin boys, like identical twin boys that were separated at birth. Why? I don't know. And one ended up like raised in the South and one ended up raised in like California. And they both like love country Western music, both like wore cowboy hat. You know, they did the exact same things and they were raised totally different yeah Mm -mm -mm. it just it's very interesting looking at twins and like as it relates to nature versus nurture yeah okay this one is called a henry the eighth haunting and the lady with the red hair hi from brighton uk across the pond I've just recently discovered your podcast, and I think it's amazing. I'm always listening to it when I'm walking about, and you both make me laugh so much. Could that sentence be any more British? Walking about. When I'm walking about. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, let's get to the story. I've got a couple of stories, one surrounding my experience at school and one from my mother. I hope you enjoy. First off is mine. So I was lucky enough to attend a school that was founded in the 1500s and was one of King Henry VIII's and Anne Boleyn's homes. Dang. Oh my God. Only in fucking Europe. Right? You know what I mean? Yes. It then later became a Catholic nunnery down the line. It is a stunning building set with a lot of original features still intact, such as the king's coats of arms in the extravagant chapel, Lots of little passageways leading to various hidden spots and dark cellars with creepy tunnels. As you can imagine, it's the perfect place for someone interested in paranormal things. So then she said, side note, mini tangent time. It's a little blurb taken from her school's website. It says, quote, The estate was acquired by King Henry VIII in 1517, at which time the building was greatly enlarged and enhanced. Henry VIII's royal arms can be seen in the chapel at Newhall. After Henry, Newhall became home to Mary Tudor. I know. Before being granted to the Earl of Sussex by Elizabeth I. Like, that's so crazy. That is so cool. And I know you are all up in it because you watch The Crown. Girl, The Crown? If you're not watching The Crown, you miss it out. I must be missing out. So apparently Mary, from Henry's first marriage to Catherine of Aragon, spent a lot of time there, and there have been sightings of her ghost. Hello, Bloody Mary. What? There's also been reports of people seeing ethereal figures riding on horses out of what used to be the stables, and even hearing a door being bolted when the door has been replaced with a modern door with no bolt. I used to spend my time, when teachers didn't catch me, wandering the buildings and the grounds, including the woods that had its own cemetery. Oh my gosh. In this case, be careful what you wish for definitely applies. So anyway, we decided to meet up in the school attic and mess around with a Ouija board. No. I know what you're thinking. What an idiot. But I was around 14 at the time and was very excited by the paranormal. 
Look, at 14, we all did a lot of stuff, okay? For real. A lot of stuff. That was a very hard age. Like, 13, 14 was hard. Mm-hmm. I remember my friend met us there, and she had made her own board. We put a glass on top and promised not to trick each other. What? She made her own board? That's a fucking dedication. Drum roll. Absolutely nothing happened. We laughed off the disappointment and still made sure to say goodbye, just in case. So we left and everything seemed normal. I was a boarder at the time, so I returned to my bedroom. I laid down to go to bed and remember falling asleep. It must have been around 2 a.m. when I was awoken by a massive bang on my headboard. I cannot tell you the fear I felt in that moment. My whole body stiffened and every single hair stood up. I jumped out of bed and hit that light switch so hard I could have bruised my hand. I stood there trying to catch my breath and I just stared at my bed. There was absolutely nothing out of place. Nothing had moved and everything was still. Oh my God. I couldn't place why, but I just felt like I shouldn't be there. I thought about going and getting someone, but I didn't know what I could say. I eventually got back into bed, left the light on, of course, and shut my eyes. The second I closed my eyes, the bang happened again. Mm -mm. It was so loud, I felt the headboard shake. I jumped again and just cried. I was so scared and I honestly didn't know what to do. I was so exhausted, but too terrified to sleep. I just sat on my bed and eventually 6 a.m. came and I could go down for breakfast. This went on for three days. From early hours in the morning, every time I closed my eyes, mainly from exhaustion, something smacked my headboard. By this point, I was so sleep deprived, I told my parents and they decided I shouldn't stay at school anymore. And luckily, I lived close enough to commute every day. They never really discussed what happened. They just accepted I wasn't sleeping and so I shouldn't board anymore. To this day, I haven't been able to explain it, but it hasn't happened since, so I'm thankful for that. Next is the experience my mom had. She and my father attended a massive 50th birthday bash for my godfather. For the weekend, he hired an entire 18th century stately home for all of his friends to sleep over, all set with house staff and full Downton Abbey-style dining experience. My godfather is super extra, and it sounded amazing. I mean, sign me up. Right? My parents were the last people to arrive, and they took the last room available. My mom told me it had an extravagant four-poster bed and an ensuite bathroom. Amazing. Right? Anyway, fast forward to nighttime. They've all had their fair share of wine, and my mom, not being much of a drinker, retired to the room early and alone. She said that she felt strangely uneasy in the room, but nonetheless got into bed and fell asleep. My dad, probably many hours later, joined her and fell into a deep whiskey-induced sleep. (laughs) (laughs) What happened next left my mom so shaken. She explained that she was awoken to a heavy weight on her chest, pushing her into the bed and was unable to move. Mm -mm. Her eyes were open and she was facing the ensuite bathroom. She said that she tried to call my dad's name but couldn't speak. She described watching a woman dressed in 18th century style clothes. She mentioned it being an extravagant dress and ginger hair walk out of the ensuite towards her with wide eyes fixated on my mom. 
She couldn't move and the lady walked all the way to the bed and stood over her, wide-eyed. My mom, of course, tried with all of her might to scream, but couldn't. Luckily, for some reason, my dad decided to turn over and knocked her arm. And in that instant, she could finally move and yelled out. The woman was gone. My mom woke up my dad who comforted her and apparently they slept with the light on. The next day, my mom approached one of the house staff, trying not to sound crazy, but she just inquired about the house in general. The staff member mentioned that they were actually staying in the master bedroom where the original lord and lady of the house would have slept, and the bed frame was the original one they would have slept on. Well, I hope the mattress isn't. Oh, oh, God, oh. Could you imagine? No, okay, ooh, Gross. She didn't mention her experience to them, but was sure the lady she had seen must have been the original lady of the house. She claimed that she got very drunk that night, so Sunday morning came and they were packing up to leave. My mom noticed that the bed had all these markings on it that she hadn't noticed before. Apparently on the bed, there were loads of scary-looking faces carved (gasps) into it. Like, when the fuck, why would they keep this bed in there? Right? When she got home, she waited for my dad to go out, as he had told her not to tell me. He has a strange thing about never talking about paranormal stuff. I'm convinced he has had an experience too, but won't talk about it. When she explained it to me, I could see how scared she was. I explained that it could have been an intense sleep paralysis and that definitely comforted her, but we just don't know. I immediately looked up the house and she was terrified we would find a portrait of the woman, confirming what she saw. But we found that there was pretty much nothing about the house online, only the booking and hiring website with a minimal house history section. That just seems so bizarre to me. Surely there should have been further info about the family who lived there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not trying to get caught up in a conspiracy that they have gotten all the history removed because of some gruesome murder that happened there. So it doesn't affect their booking selling, but I guess it could be nothing. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed my experiences. And if you have any questions, let me know. Best, Victoria. Wow. Holy shit. Yes, I think if if they're doing this as a like historic place and all of that, and then they don't have a lot of history, something definitely happened there. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to cover it up. You're on to it, Victoria. Also, do you still sleep with the lights on? Mm-hmm. We need to know. Okay. This one is called Pyromaniac Nun. Ooh. Hey, y'all, and bonjour. Did I say it right? Kind of? As good as it gets. Mm -hmm. I love your podcast. I'm a Southern lady living in Montreal, Canada. There are a ton of haunted places around here, but my favorite is the Grey Nun's Mother House. It was built in 1871 for the Roman Catholic Order, called Grey Nuns, as housing for nuns, a school, a hospital, an orphanage, and for other charitable projects. In 1819, an orderly named Bertha Quartermanche, question mark, question mark, <laughs> set fire to the nursery, which ultimately killed more than 60 people, mostly children. Oh, gosh. Bertha had set about a dozen fires before coming to Grey Nuns. I guess no one did a background check. 
In addition to this, there were many accounts of nuns abusing children throughout the building's 140-year history as the Gray Nun's mother house. Oh my gosh. What the hell? I don't, like, I just don't get it. Me either. The building is now the freshman dorm for the Concordia University, where I am studying. I never lived there, thank God, but my peers have told me stories of hearing crashes and footsteps, having nightmares about dead children, or seeing figures watch them in the middle of the night. Mm -mm, No, Uh uh-uh. Do not want that. No. Again, number one reason, don't fuck up my sleep. Mm -hmm. One friend of mine woke up late, looked in the mirror, and saw blood pouring from his nose. But when he touched his face, there was no blood. Uh Uh-uh. That's not like a fucking scary movie. Mm -hmm. Another friend swears she was slapped on the ass when she was alone in her room. Repressed lesbian nun ghost, question mark? Maybe. I mean, I can deal with some ass slappage. Or it was corporal punishment. I can still deal with some ass slappage. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention there is a crypt in the building. With 276 graves. I cannot deal with that, though. Mm-mm. They can't move the bodies because they died from infectious diseases. Worst dorm ever. No! Uh-uh. Because the spores would come up in my nostrils and I would die. That was very dramatic, but true. <laughs> you know it's true. Girl, you know it's true. <laughs> One, I would get lost. Uh-huh. I would end up in one of those 276 graves and then fucking be Marlena from Days of Our Lives and not be able to get out and be buried alive. Yes. Anyway, thanks for doing what you do. Your codependent friendship warms my heart. It's so important to see women supporting other women. Love and blessings are. Thank you so much. And yes, codependent. Me to Carrie. I was about to say. Carrie to me too. Yeah, yeah. She ain't wrong. But more so me to Carrie. Look, we stayed in a dorm. Y'all know this. We stayed in two dorms. And they both had their problems. But let me just tell you, they did not have infectious diseases with, like, dead people. No. No graves that we know of. Mm-hmm. But, whew, glad of that. I mean, keep all of that and keep the nunnage. Question. Uh-huh. When did you start saying glad of that? Because it's very Pollyanna of you. <laughs> what the? Fuck, I don't know. Like, this is a new this is a new development, y'all. And Probably because I binged and with an E. Well, it's very, very much so Pollyanna. And you know I've never seen that. Well, I'm glad of that. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, <laughs> no, I love that movie. Haley Mills, so good. Look, the only thing I know about Haley Mills, well, that I know her in, that I have watched with my own two eyes... Say by the bell. Mm-hmm. Okay. This next one is called Visit from My Pap. Hey, y'all. My story isn't spooky ooky, but it's kind of sweet. You decide. Picture this. December 2007 in Ohio. Cold and gray winter weather. However, I remember this day it was sunny, but I had a lamp on. Remember this. I was sitting in the TV room. My dad and I were the only ones home. My sister and my mom were out at the mall getting funeral clothes because my pappy had just passed away the day before. Oh. Very sorry. As I'm sitting in the living room watching TV, 
I remember my dad getting out of his chair and saying he's going out to the garage. Backstory, my pappy and my dad were always in the garage tinkering with things. Anyway, my dad gets up and turns off the lamp because it's sunny out and we really don't need it on. Me being the lazy 15-year-old huffed and puffed that he turned it off, but I didn't reach over and turn it back on when he left the room. So I sat there and a few minutes later, the light turned back on. Girl, I ain't lying. It flickered a few times as I'm sitting there. Once it's off, I then decided I'm going to get my dad to come see if it'll do it again. Dad comes into the house and sees that it's off too, and bam, it turned on. I definitely think it was my pappy letting us know that he's okay and things will be okay. Hope you like my story. Love y'all, Angie. Angie, that was so him coming to see you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, one, he was probably like, I want to go tinker. Like, me, me. Oh, can I please whittle wood with you? Uh, That's what you sounded like. Yeah, I know. It's son-in-law, y'all. That movie, so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is weird dream shit. Love it. Hey, ladies, I don't really want to give my name, so you gals can just call me Sleepy Girl. I, A.K.A. Carrie. That should be my username. For what? Everything. Candy Crush? Yeah. <laughs> I discovered your podcast via the suggestions section. Ooh, that's hard. And thought, hey, I fucking love creepy paranormal shit and true crime, so why not? So here I am. After listening to countless sinister sightings, I realized I'm not so alone with having all kind of fucked up dreams. So I thought maybe I'd share something to see what y'all think about it. Here we go. Thank you so much, Podcast Player, for suggesting us. And also, Sleepy Girl, thank you for checking us out. Okay. Sleepy Girl says, it started when I was 16. I was taking a nap. and <laughs> Okay. Did I write this? <laughs> <laughs> this is basically how I got through grad school. I was taking a nap at a friend's house. Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm going to really read the sentence now. I was taking a nap at my friend's house in the afternoon one day and... Woke up, meaning I thought I was awake, but really I was still asleep. I was laying down sideways, looking out the window, and it seemed really windy outside. Then suddenly, something grabbed me by my ankles and pulled me off the bed and out of the room. I couldn't breathe. I eventually woke up and was so shocked at how real it all felt, but brushed it off as I didn't really know what to make of it. After that day, I had many more dreams just about every night that all started off in a gloomy setting, whether it be dark outside, raining, etc. And in all of those dreams, what appeared to be a hooded, faceless entity would always present itself and begin to choke me. No. Holy shit. Like, I'm holding my breath over here. I know. I'd scream, but nothing would come out. And I was so frozen in fear that I couldn't force myself awake. Sometimes I'd wake up in the dead of the night feeling paralyzed and I could hear faint screaming in my head. I'm not sure if it was me screaming from inside my dreams or something else. I'd eventually come to and generally be out of breath. Sometimes I'd even cry. With the screaming thing, it reminds me like if it was her inside screaming or something else, it reminded me of Get Out. When he sinks in, have you seen it? I don't think so. Oh. Well, when he sinks in and like he can hear things, 
occurring. Like, I don't know. And then, like, oh, my God, that's terrifying. Also, waking up crying is, oh. like, the worst. The worst. It got so bad that I'd be physically exhausted day in and day out because of everything that would happen in my dreams the night before. And eventually, I didn't even want to go to sleep. A couple of years went by like this. I'd consult friends who did dream interpretations, and no one could help me. I felt lost. I'd have the occasional vibrant, sunny dream where I would feel immense peace and light, but overall, I fucking hated sleeping. One day, I was just over that shit. No one fucks with my sleep. Yes! <laughs> so I decided to learn how to control my dreams. Through attempting astral projection, I learned a lot about making yourself present in your sleep. Slowly but surely, I was controlling the outcome of my dreams, and when I finally sensed this entity had found me in a dream one night, when it went to choke me, as per usual, I choked that motherfucker back. Hell yes. It felt so good. I could feel myself smiling, although it was still choking the fuck out of me. I was instantly pushed out of this dream and never saw the hooded asshole again. I really have no idea what it was or what it wanted from me, but I think it knowing that I wasn't afraid anymore pissed it the fuck off. I don't really have many more dreams these days, 27 years old now, but I'm honestly okay with that. Occasionally, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and feel some weird energy shit, but I'm usually too tired to give a damn and just go right back to bed. I always wonder what the fuck was up with that entity and why it targeted me so heavily for so long, but I'm happy that it's gone. Thanks for keeping me awake during my early morning shifts with your creepy ass stories. Hopefully this wasn't too long or boring. Creep it real and don't be scared to choke a dark entity out so you can get some damn sleep. Sleepy girl. Oh, my God. Okay. Pictured. If this was a movie, J-Lo would fucking play her because, like, that was, like, enough. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. First of all, amazing J-Lo movie. Mm -hmm. And second of all, girl, get it. Hell yes. Also, I just loved how you wrote everything. Like, it was great. Aside from the, like, really scary dreams, I could have fucking written that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, to end this one, we have another Ambien story. Yes. And this is from someone who would like to be called Ethel because they love, I love Lucy. My doctor prescribed me Ambien and I didn't go to bed when I should have. I was fighting it because I wanted to watch Catfish. <laughs> okay, did you write this story? Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look, I can't help it. I love Neva Max. And my husband said I was just rambling about weird stuff, like nothing that made sense. I told him we lived in Jamaica, and he found me guarding the pinwheels in the pantry. <laughs> <laughs> because I was afraid he was going to eat them, and your girl's not sharing pinwheels. <laughs> <laughs> then I went and go to bed, and I went outside and was like running from him in the front yard like Bob and Weave style when he was trying to catch me. <laughs> Why do people eat and run on Ambien? I don't know. It equals out. You yeah, know I guess I mean? so. <laughs> and when I finally went inside, I just kept wandering around the house, just talking about nothing. And he said it was like a scene from Step Brothers. And when I woke up, I didn't remember any of it. I told him that medicine worked so well. I slept so good. And he was so exhausted and was like, are you kidding me? You don't remember any of that. 
And I wouldn't have believed him if our little old lady neighbor wouldn't have said, I saw y'all playing tag through the window. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Ethel. That was everything. Look, I would guard pinwheels too. God, I wish y'all had video of this stuff because, I mean, I can picture it clearly in my mind. absolutely. Like the bob and weave style and then her neighbor being like, I saw y'all playing tag. Nah, bitch. He was trying to catch my ass. That, the, I don't, actually, I don't know what's the best part. (laughs) The pinwheels or the neighbor or the, I don't know. This was great. Yes. Or the, that medicine works so well. I meanwhile, so good. Yes. Meanwhile, he's like. Taping his eyelids. Yeah, da <laughs> We both put our, like, did the tape up. Like the, is it the Bugs Bunny? Yes. Uh, gif when he's doing his things. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Man, God, these stories are so great, always. Yes, super scary, super funny, and we had some heartwarming ones. Mm, This was all the emotions. Yes. If you were listening to this episode and you're like, oh my God, I have a story just like that, send it in. We want to read them. So send it in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared. And don't eat the pinwheels.